All right, Hawks fans and hoop ball fans, we have a special hoop ball promo. This is big, real big, like Manny Fresh, house real big, car real big, daddy. Anyway, before I start singing and dancing in the booth to a New Orleans classic, this is a huge week for everyone at hoop ball because all of our 2020-2021 NBA season products are finally for sale. These hoop ball products are the best in the business. So listen up. Here's what's out. The draft guide. This is our flagship, our shining beacon like Superman. The most comprehensive draft guide in fantasy sports. Our guys went 400 players deep again this year. A future access pass to the Brewski 150 is also out. If you don't know what the Brewski 150 is, you need to know now. It's the fantasy draft list that has beaten every other list for the last decade. Decade. And new for this year, Hoopball is unveiling our new monthly membership plans. I'll try to keep this part short as much as I can. We have the fantasy pass, which includes the draft guide, the Brewski 150, and also the new DFS pass and all of our in-season premium tools. The DFS Pass is also available on its own, if that's your thing. We have the new Wager Pass for our sports bettors out there who want picks and analysis. And we have the HoopBall 360. The sucker has all of the stuff above, plus even earlier access to the Brewski 150. So head to hoop-ball.com or follow at HoopBallFantasy on Twitter now, right now. Like, go on Twitter right after you hear this to learn more and get yours today. If you want to succeed in sports betting and your fantasy basketball leagues this year, this is a no-brainer. Again, go to Twitter right now at HoopBallFantasy or go to Hoop-Ball.com and get right today. The following is a Hoop Bowl presentation. Plays it into Trey. Two seconds one. Trey Slaughter. Yeah. Hello and welcome back to Hoopball Hawks, the show that has taken flight here on the Hoopball Network. We cover everything regarding the Atlanta Hawks. I'm your host, Brad Harden, reporting live from Atlanta, Georgia. And the Hawks have concluded their preseason schedule with a massive, massive fourth quarter comeback last night, thanks to the bench for the Hawks. To come back to beat the Memphis Grizzlies 117-116. You know they say it's not how you start, but how you finish. And the Hawks certainly took that to heart last night because it looked bleak, really bleak through a lot of parts of the game, especially when the Hawks were down 19 in the third quarter and being down 15 midway through the fourth quarter. But they battled back to take the dub in Memphis. Walking to Memphis. 
and walking out with a win. I like to see that. I like to see that. And uh, we'll talk more about the game upcoming in this program. But first, without further ado, I got to welcome my guest. Been a while, but Mr. ATL Player Development, a.k.a. Swish for Athletics, or his government name, Jordan Boatwright, is here with us today to talk about last night's game and the Hawks preseason. Jordan, what's up? Welcome back. Like Jeezy. How have you been? What is going on, man? Hey, happy holidays. I'm doing good. I've just been just watching the preseason and just gearing up for this this regular season. How you been doing? I've been well. I've been well. It's been a very busy week, busy last couple weeks with preseason and full swing and Hawks games are back. So just been doing a lot of shows. A lot of people been on, but uh, I know the listeners certainly enjoy your perspective and your take. So we had to get you back on. We got to get you back on. I'm glad to have you back here in the booth. Glad to be here. Appreciate you having me. Oh, always, always. And we will get into last night's game. But first, a quick plug for my bookie. If you like losing money, turn this off right now. But if you love free band, free bands, just like Super Future, then keep listening. Sports betting is getting huge across the nation, and all of my homies love to bet on games. There are a bunch of sites out there for sports betting, but all of my homies love my bookie. Why? Because it's so easy to use. And since y'all my homies too, I'm going to plug you. All my homies listening right now can sign up for my bookie with the promo code HOOPBALL to unlock a 100% deposit match bonus. 100%, just like an A-plus in school. Hopefully you got them, but if not, this your chance to get 100%. You like playing blackjack? There are some very fun and free blackjack tournaments, and that's just the tip of the iceberg. There is so much that you can do on my bookie, and the best thing is, is that no cash is required to enter, and you can win up to $100 in daily challenges and up to $1,000 in weekly tournaments. So you want a chance at free cash money? Then again, my homies, sign up with the promo code HOOPBALL to unlock a 100% deposit match bonus and try to score some in the words of future, like I said earlier, free band, free band. All right, and we are back. Ha <laughs> ha! Jeezy kind of themed podcast today. Uh, but going into last night's game, after getting blown out on Thursday, I wanted to see how the Hawks responded and how they treated this last preseason game. Whether it's going to be a dress rehearsal or just kind of just get everybody healthy, all their ducks in a row, getting ready for Wednesday's game against the Bulls up in Chicago to open up the regular season. There were no minute restrictions going into last night's game, according to Coach Lloyd Pierce, but. How they started and how well the bench played towards the end. I was not surprised that he gave the Hawks bench players a little bit more minutes than the starters, especially, I mean, them coming into tough situations, being down the entire game until the end and battling back possession after possession. And the only person who had a hard cap on their minutes last night, in my opinion, was Clint Capella, who has been dealing with a sore Achilles. Over the last week, and he only played 15 minutes. So, Jordan, going into last night's game, did you expect them to treat this as a dress rehearsal or just kind of just see who they can get in the rhythm and kind of cap off minutes, unlike what Coach Lloyd Pierce told the media? 
I think because they got blown out the night before, I, I felt like they were kind of going to go into this game taking it a, a little bit serious since it is the, the last game of the preseason and they've had nine months off. So I, I think they took the preseason kind of serious and they were just messing with the rotation and stuff. But I thought they were take this game a little bit, bit more serious at, at the start of it. And it seemed like it took them a little bit while to get to get geared up for it or whatever, to get the flow right. But they came out on top. So that's that's, that, 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 that's the good part. <laughs> yeah, that's all that really matters. Yeah. And I was hoping to see that, too. I wanted to see them take this very seriously because that was a very serious blowout that they had on Thursday night. And, um, and it looked like it was going to be the same story last night but they definitely rebounded and responded and really uh changed the tune of what this program was going to be today if it was the other way around uh going into last night's game the injury report outside of you know Clint Capella dealing with Achilles but he was available and played last night Cam Reddish was dealing with an ankle going into last night's game and he's been dealing with that the last week or so as well but he was available last night and played a huge role in last night's win we'll talk about that a little later Chris Dunn Rajon Rondo, Oyeka Okongwu, and Tony Snell were all out last night. The usual suspects as far as in the injury report early on in the preseason for the Hawks, giving Rajon Rondo much needed rest to get him ready for the regular season as we're going to treat him like a Ferrari and just drive him on Sundays and not try to drive him to the wheels fall off there. Uh, things that I was looking at closely in last night's game, and then I'll get your takes on this, Jordan. I was going to see how they handled the minutes. I wanted to see energy and effort, on, especially on the defensive end, which was an issue on Thursday, in my opinion. Defensively, I wanted to see them protect the paint, which we know that Memphis loves to get into the paint and score in the paint, and they were one of the best in the league last year. I wanted to see them rebound better, close out on the shooters, which was an issue Thursday, and then still a little bit of an issue last night, but they cleaned it up later throughout the game. And I wanted to see them be the aggressors on the defensive end. And I did see some of these things last night, and we'll talk about that a little later. Offensively, I wanted to see more ball movement to get some people better looks and try to really work this Memphis defense as it looks stout and very stingy at times over the last two games. And we'll see them in a couple of weeks. Uh, so it's not going to be the last time we see the Memphis Grizzlies. So these were good dress rehearsals for when we do play them in a regular season. And offensively, when the Hawks have open shots, make your open shots. And if they're misses, crash the boards until Memphis pushes the pace. We know that with John Morant, he's not afraid to push the pace with these guys. And But until they initiate that mode, crash the boards and get some second chance opportunities. I expected bounce back performances from Herter and Bogey, especially with both of them coming off the bench. I wanted to see them make some shots and facilitate while Rondo was out last night. Bulky still struggled with his shot, but he did a great job facilitating. I'll talk about those stats a little later. And Kevin Herter did bounce back like Juvie or Big Sean, whoever you recognize. I recognize both, but Juvie because I'm a Louisiana guy. But Red Velvet was shooting the ball lights out last night, and I was glad to see him get back into rhythm. Wanted to see JC and Ice Trey get into rhythm so they can end the preseason on a positive note. Trey shot still struggled. But I liked how he was still trying to get teammates involved and giving some effort on the defensive end. That was a plus for me last night. John Collins was not bad last night outside of the foul trouble again being an issue. I wanted to continue to see the Magic City trio continue to be confident, aggressive and play their games when they were in. And they needed to limit Valentunas and Morant, who were both problems in the first preseason game 
And I think they did that last night. So was there anything else outside of what I talked about, Jordan, that you were looking at going into the game? I was mainly looking at the development of the young core themselves, just looking how how Herder looked, how Reddish looked, how, how Hunter came out. With Trey's shot being streaky, I was kind of seeing who would step up, who would take over the playmaking uh, abilities. And it stood out that Bogey had seven assists last night and Herder shot the ball well, but I expect that from him. So it, it didn't really like stand out to me. Those are kind of my expectations. But just the secondary playmaker whenever Trey Young rests or he was in foul trouble last night. So I was looking at who can step up. Bogey looked great. Gallo looked great to put the, the buckets up. If Herder's shot is falling, I think, I think that just kind of helps the whole offense altogether. So I was looking at the help, and obviously we don't have, have Rondo. We don't have Dunn right now. That'll change throughout the season whenever Trey comes out, who, who's going to sub in for him. But I, I like that Bogey looked comfortable throwing lobs and making plays for our offense because I feel like that's what we're going to need from him to make that playoff run and possibly go deep in the playoffs. He's going to need to shoot well and make plays offensively. Yeah, and I was glad to see that, too. And I'll get into the stats for those players as well. As you said, Gallo and Bogey definitely had wonderful nights and bounce back nights. Uh, the same for Herter. Herter did not play well in the third preseason game against Memphis as well. And they all three responded beautifully, in my opinion, uh, for the Hawks. So as far as how the game went, the starting lineup was Trey Young at the one, Cam Reddish at the two. He got the nod last night. DeAndre Hunter at the three. John Collins at the four and Clint Capella at the five. The Grizzlies started hot again last night, especially because of that three point shot. It was just falling for them night. It seems like they always had open three point looks. We were failing to close out on them shooters, which was something that I wanted to see improve from Thursday's game to last night. The Hawks started with a lot of turnovers early. They were trying to force a lot of plays, and they ended up struggling on both ends of the court early on. They did play with more energy and effort on the defensive end, trying to crash the board, go for loose balls. They were really active with their hands, going for steals, but still struggled, like I said, on closing out shooters early. And it was clear to me early on that Clint Capella was hobbled. He didn't have that same energy that he was playing with earlier in the preseason. And then definitely that Achilles was bothering him, which led to him getting capped off in minutes. And you want rather have him for the long haul and obviously not for a preseason game. The Hawks struggled shooting the three ball again last night, but they turned that frustration, as I said before, into energy and effort on the defensive end. No matter the score, the defense tightened up throughout the game. And thanks to the bench, active hands, contesting shots, going for rebounds, their defensive presence definitely was felt throughout the rest of the game and it helped turn around things for the Hawks and this needs to happen on every possession every night I'm going to say this like we're giving them a pat on the back but they need to do this every single game every possession they cannot take a possession off and that led to their ultimate victory they weathered a lot of storms throughout the game they were down by 19 in the third quarter they responded by tightening up on defense you know, turning good defensive possessions into great offensive possessions down the stretch. And they responded to that 19-point lead by going on an 18-9 run to end the third quarter. In the fourth, the Grizzlies pushed the lead to 15, and they responded with a 24-4 run in the fourth quarter to help them take the lead. Again, good defensive effort, turning it to good offensive possessions and playing it possession by possession to end the game. I really liked seeing that from the Hawks. So, 
The final stats last night, after shooting 39% from the field at halftime, the Hawks rebounded in the second half to end the game shooting 42.2%. However, they did still struggle from three, shooting 29.7%. Before I go any further, what do the Hawks need to do to get a higher three-point shooting percentage, which certainly was an issue last year for the Hawks? I don't think they need to do really anything different. I think just getting cleaner looks and I think that'll come with a healthier squad once they get more familiar with each other and their chemistry um just seeing what what the new additions where they like their shots at where they can make their plays at how their shooters kind of move and uh create space around them I think with time they have a really high bolstered offense so I'm not worried about their percentage right now especially in preseason they haven't played in in nine months and then a, a lot of the main additions are taking a, a bunch of the minutes so i think it's more chemistry issue so I, i'm not too concerned about that i think you know 10 15 games in, they'll start shooting above average at a consistent clip i know a lot of people you know we like i said we live in a microwave society they want instant success and success does not happen overnight it is a process and this will certainly be a process so even though a lot of people are looking really into preseason i know brad Rowland from Locked On Hawks was tweeting that a lot of people from across the league were texting him, yo, what's up with the Hawks? What's wrong with the Hawks? And I'm like, guys, relax. It's, it's the fourth preseason game in a shortened training camp, shortened preseason. They have not played since March, and some of them a little longer, i.e. Clint Capella. I don't know, and there's obviously some players on the team that's played a lot sooner, like Gallo and Rondo, who played on teams that were in the bubble. It's going to take time for them to really mesh and get that chemistry really together, and they don't have all their pieces available so you're absolutely right Rome was not built overnight back into the stats um, after Memphis was shooting hot in the first half they shot 45.2 percent from the field at halftime and shot 47.8 percent from three they closed the game shooting at 40 percent from the field and shot 39.6 percent from three the three-point shooting percentage was still very good for the Grizzly but they certainly did cool off due to the Hawks playing much better defense in the second half so I did like seeing that the Hawks were still aggressive getting to the free throw line had 43 free throw attempts last night I like seeing that and shot 83.7 percent from the free throw line which is another positive for the Hawks I hope for that to continue as they go throughout the season they out rebounded Memphis which was not the case on Thursday 47 to 43 although Memphis did win the offensive rebound stat still to, to see that the Hawks won the overall rebounding battle was a positive sight for me to see they had 18 turnovers last night for the Hawks which is still not great but compared to 21 turnovers for the Grizzlies I'll take it the Hawks scored 25 points off of turnovers to 24 points off turnovers for Memphis the Hawks did lose the fast break stat 27 to 13 but in a surprising stat, they won the points in the paint over Memphis, limiting Memphis to 30 points in the paint last night, which was great. And they outscored them plus 16, scoring 46 points in the paint. That was a key as they cooled off from three as the game went on and they still limited the Grizzlies scoring in the paint. I think that was a key in them turning the tide and winning the game last night. And a huge key last night, and it cannot go understated, bench scoring as the Hawks scored 64 of their 117 points off the bench and certainly outscored the starters for the Hawks. Memphis bench scored 56 points. So those were the team stats. We'll get into individual stats in a minute. Jordan, what out of these stats really stuck out to you uh, as far as for last night's game? 
bench scoring definitely because I don't think the Hawks are going to have a consistent starting lineup. I think they're going to switch it up depending on on their matchups, depending on back-to-back games. All that will be factored in. They're not going to be the greatest defensive team by any means, but I think they could be definitely one of the best uh, top three offensive team, and I think that will balance out their defensive inefficiencies. And with them being such a great offensive team, I think their bench is going to need to be one of the best benches in the NBA as far as scoring-wise. Mm-hmm. Um, but the way that the team is built, I feel like they can hang with a lot of teams like night in and night out because they are so deep and they have many many versatile ways to play on, on the offense. They could go big, they could go small, they could go p- p- positionless. It's really interesting, and I, and I think their bench can always put up you know at least – 30 to 45 points a night, depending on what the league average is for like bench bench scoring. I definitely believe that they'll be up up at the top night in and night out just because they're so versatile offensively. Yeah, and I agree. I said um, on a couple episodes before that the bench is going to be huge for this Hawks team going forward throughout the year. That's just really going to help them garner success if they're going to achieve the goals that they want to achieve. And they got to continue to bring that energy. And we saw that last night good on the offensive end as we expect them to look with all the offensive pieces they brought in but they really tighten up things defensively and they may not have had great defensive players on the court when they closed the gap but they certainly play with a lot of effort and they play together with a lot a lot of continuity and I love seeing that last night so to get into the stats Memphis they did cap the minutes off for a lot of their big players like John Moran Valentunis Dylan Brooks and Kyle Anderson, they all they did have their minutes kind of capped off. But still, a win is a win makes it a little better pill to swallow, especially when things got ugly for the Hawks last night. There were some ugly moments for this team. And this is certainly a team, as we said before, still trying to figure each other out and still try to figure this whole thing out as far as minutes, rotations, continuity, chemistry, spacing, all that stuff is still being worked out. I said that they really needed to try to limit Valentunas and Morant, and I think that the Hawks did do that. Morant was not as efficient last night, but certainly still effective. They played better defense on him throughout the night, as he, but he did score 15 points, but on three of nine shooting and was one of four from the three-point line. He still had his coveted assist. He had eight last night, four rebounds and two steals, but had five turnovers. So I think that's a product of the Hawks trying to play better defense on John Moran, and I would look for that to be a blueprint going into the game when they play later on here in December. Valentunas was a problem in the first game as well. He was still a force, but not as much of a force in the points category as he scored nine points on two of eight shooting and went over from the three-point line. He did add nine rebounds and four blocks, so still effective, but not as effective as he was in the Thursday game. Dylan Brooks was still scoring like he normally does. He had 24 points in Thursday's game, had 17 in this game, shot 6 of 13 from the field and went 5 of 8 from 3. So he was still a problem behind the three-point arc. Grayson Allen was not a factor on Thursday, but certainly was last night. Getting into it with Trey Young, which cultivated into Trey Young getting a technical foul in the third quarter. But Grayson Allen 
as much of a he is a nuisance, he did score 13 points last night, going four for four from the field and going three for three from three point land and added six rebounds, two assists, two steals for the Grizzlies. Kyle Anderson, who I mentioned before, was effective again on both ends, scoring 10 points on three of six shooting, going two of four from three, adding four rebounds, two assists, two blocks and one steal. Brandon Clark scored 10 points off the bench. De'Anthony Melton, Alan Srokey's boy. Shout out, Alan. My friend, Alan. He scored 14 points off the bench, going four or six from the field. And all four of his field goal makes were from behind the three-point arc and added three blocks and two assists. So that was the Memphis Grizzlies last night. As far as for the Hawks, as the bench led the way, there was no surprise that the leading scorer was Danilo Gallinari off the bench, rebounding from Thursday's game, scoring 19 points, going 4 of 8 from the field, 2 of 4 from 3, hitting all 9 of his free throw attempts and added 5 rebounds. Jordan, I really felt like Gallo was going to continue to be a stabilizing force off the bench for the Hawks. And after he struggled in the third game of the preseason, I knew that he was going to rebound, and he was just terrific all night long. What were your thoughts on Gallinari as you – Pre, gave a precursor early on, but what did you think of Gallinari and his potential, you know, awarding him potentially six man of the year? I think he's going to be up there in the conversation throughout the entire season. Uh, yeah, I definitely agree with that. First, Dylan Brooks looks great this season. Like, he's going to be a problem. Um, yeah, yes, he I, does. I followed his career, um, and he looks super solid this year. He looks like a young J- Jamal Murray low-key. Like, he's definitely going to be a problem. But, um, Gallo, I can see him definitely, him and Bogey, I feel like are definitely going to help us in the playoffs. Um, I think no matter where we place Gallo as a starter or coming off the bench, he's definitely going to give us at minimum 16 points a night. At most, he could give us, you know, 24 to 25. I can see him being a six-man candidate for sure, but I think in the playoffs is where he'll really show his value because when it gets slower and and they start playing that half-court defense, I think he's able to get a bucket against anybody on any level. And then with the facilitators that we have and, and, and the shooting that we have, I think the the playoffs will be where him and, and Rondo kind of carry us to possibly that second round or maybe that, that third round just with his scoring ability and being able to score in, in bunches in, in, a, in a slower set offense. Because I, I don't think a lot of our players can really uh, create for themselves, especially once they get on that scouting report and teams are looking to to lock you down i think gallo is really going to be our, our our savior whenever it comes to to that time of the of the season yeah and i know that a lot of people were questioning how him and collins were going to work if they were on the floor and i saw a lot of him playing the small ball five last night and i thought that that lineup with him at the small ball five, although it's not a defensive juggernaut by any stretch, and there certainly there's some deficiency there. They're going to give us some points. Their ability to score and to outscore teams is really going to be a problem for a lot of rosters, especially coming off the bench, having him when Rondo comes back whatever they decide with Reddish, Herter, have all that offensive prowess and scoring coming off the bench. I think it's really going to be a huge factor going forward. And to go further down the stat line for the Hawks, Cam Reddish with another good game here in the preseason. After starting the game a little slow out the gate, he ended with 18 points on four of nine shooting from the field, went two of six from three, and went eight for nine from the free throw line, added two rebounds and two assists. Uh, One of the three 
of the Magic City Trio, the Young Wings for the Hawks. Cam Reddish certainly continues to look very confident in his game as he is entering his second year, and he's looking to prove something this year through himself and to the rest of the league. And I'm excited to see him continue to shine as he put in a lot of work this offseason, and it shows. Going down the list, Red Velvet, another one of the Magic City trio, the young wings for the Hawks, certainly rebounded from his game on Thursday off the bench, as I said, scoring 16 points, shooting 60% from the field, and shot 66% from the three-point line on six attempts. So he looked much better shooting the ball and looked a lot more comfortable. He's still trying to be aggressive, trying to get to the cup, still trying to facilitate, trying to make the right plays when he is on the floor. But I liked what I've been seeing from Kevin Herter, and I love that he rebounded last night. John Collins, who I said was in foul trouble most of the game, still scored 15 points and grabbed six rebounds. He shot five of eight from the field and shot one of three from the three-point line and rebounded from the free-throw line last night, shooting four or five from the line. Trey Young played with a lot more energy and effort on the defensive end, which is what I like to see from him, but fouled out from that energy and effort and scored 12 points, still dished out two assists, had four rebounds, and a very surprising stat, and I like to see he had four steals last night. Even though he did have a poor shooting night, he tried to get it done on the defensive end is what I'd like to see him continue to do. DeAndre Hunter cooled off last night, going cold from the field, went over last night, and scored all four of his points from the charity stripe and added four rebounds. Though These are going to happen. He's still a young player, so I'm not going to look much into his struggles. Last night, Clint Capella, as I said before, only played 15 minutes, scored four points, added four rebounds, had four steals as well. So eight steals between Capella and Young. I like seeing that out of two players who are going to be in the starting lineup consistently for the Hawks and added two assists. Bogey struggled again with his shot but still scored 10 points. And as Jordan alluded to before, added seven assists off the bench, which was really positive to see. I know a lot of people were complaining. The Hawks have a lineup without a point guard again. Trey Young is out. Rondo's out. We know, but there's no point guard on the floor. Shut up. Bogey can facilitate. We saw it. And when he's not facilitating, he's getting bored. So it's a trade-off. When Bogey's not facilitating, he's crashing the boards, trying to create second-chance opportunities for this Hawks team. He's doing whatever is required for him for this team. Regardless, I like Bogey. He's going to be an impact whether he's in the starting lineup or whether he's coming off the bench. And Jordan alluded to he's going to be big down the stretch throughout the regular season. And if the Hawks can make the postseason, he's going to be a factor as well because he can create his own shot. He can go get his. He's looking for other players as well. He's a very selfish player. He's going to do whatever it takes for the team to win. Even though he's, he's struggling with his shot the last couple of games, I'm not worried about Bogey. He's going to find it. A last thing before I kick it to you, Jordan, after all the stats I just read off, Everybody who played for the Hawks last night, except Skylar May, scored for the Hawks. So it was certainly a team effort on both ends of the court for the entire game, whether good, bad, or ugly. So those were some positives that I saw last night. After reading the stats, what stood out to you that was not mentioned? The development of DeAndre Hunter. Um, I, I really like how solid he looks this season. Um, although he only scored four points last night, I think he led the team in preseason scoring um, so, so far. And um, I, I didn't realize that he was drafted before Cam. I, I, I got their positions or their, their, their draft spots mixed up. 
I like his development and how he's holding down three spot. I think he definitely deserves to hold it down. I think he can start night in and night out. I like where his shots are coming from. He looks very comfortable. And then I also like the development of, of Redis too. He, he just looks, he looks a lot more confident and looks ready to be there this year. Like uh, last year, he kind of looked a little bit kind of scared until about February or March or whatever. And then he started to get his confidence and his confidence uh, is still, still there right now. So I, I'm, very interested to see how how those two can carry that trio at least and and the rest of the team because a, a lot of the team success is dependent on on their development and how how the team can can operate pretty much with change them in and out so i was i was looking at how they kind of the chemistry how they flowed in the offense and everything um and i think that really stood out because i don't think they're going to really be focal points as far as looking to get them buckets i think it's really going to be trey you know bogey Gallo, you know, Collins, all that stuff. So them to get their buckets in between and then pretty much guard the the, the better perimeter defender. I, I really like uh, what I've seen in them. It's very, very, very early. But that, that that's kind of what stood out to me throughout the four preseason games is their, their confidence uh, between last season and this season and then their physical development and just knowing where they're supposed to be at and where the shots are coming from. Herder just being healthy and shooting the ball at the rate that he shot at last night. If he could if he can do that night in, night out, which I feel like is not a high expectation for him. I think that's that's very um expected from him and I think he he should uh exceed those expectations night in and night out. But I think with the combination of those three, they could just fill their roles and do it with confidence whether they're starting or coming off the bench. The Hawks are going to be a really hard team to deal with offensively because they have so many weapons and Everybody playing between 20 to 25 minutes. Everybody should stay healthy and should stay fresh. And there's just going to be a problem. So that those are really the things that I was looking at. A lot of things that don't really stand out on the stat sheet, just like development-wise, just looking at, you know, their conditioning, their mechanics and everything, and just how confident they are in their spots. Because I feel like that'll, that'll tell the tale, you know, for a couple months down the road to see if their development will be a positive development or a lateral step pretty much, which I don't think they should take any lateral steps. I think they'll definitely be going all up uh, f- f- forward this season. Some very good takes from you there. You kind of jumped the gun a bit. I was going to wait till after the promo to get some of these uh, takes that you've been throwing out, but I know that you oh, are. <laughs> you, no, no, no. You're good. You were eager. You were ready to pull that trigger. Just like these young hot players are willing to pull that trigger when they get the ball where they like on the court. So, hey, I am not knocking it. So hold some of these thoughts because we're going to do a quick plug for ExpressVPN. There are tons of VPN providers out there. You probably heard of a couple of them, and some of you may have even used a VPN before. Just like I do my research for all my shows to provide my listeners with the best Atlanta Hawks podcast out there, I like to do my research on my sponsors, and I only recommend brands to my listeners that I believe in. And I can say with full confidence that ExpressVPN is the best VPN on the market. Here's why. ExpressVPN doesn't log your data. Lots of really cheap or free VPNs out there make money by selling your data to ad companies. ExpressVPN developed a technology called Trusted Server that makes it impossible for their servers to log any of your information. Second is speed. Like Deion Sanders said, speed kills. But in this case, it does not kill your internet speed. 
I've tried lots of VPNs in the past. Many slow your connection down or make your device sluggish. I've been using ExpressVPN for the last few months and my internet speeds are still blazing fast. Even when I connect to servers thousands of miles away, I can still stream HD quality videos with zero lag. The last thing that really sets ExpressVPN apart from other VPNs is how easy it is to use. Unlike other VPNs, you don't have to input or program anything. You just fire up the app, click one button to connect, and it's easy like T.I. song, Be Easy, and Trap Music. Whew, great album, underrated Atlanta classic. Anyway, it's not just me saying this. Wired, The Verge, CNET, and many other tech experts rate ExpressVPN as the number one VPN in the world, of the world, Craig. So, Protect yourself with the VPN that I use and trust. Use my link, expressvpn.com slash hoopball today, and you can get an extra three months free on a one-year package. Three months? Good Lord. Again, that is expressvpn.com slash hoopball. Visit expressvpn.com slash hoopball to learn more. All right, we are back in. As you know, Mr. ATL Player Development is in the building. Jordan Boatwright, who helps people correct their shot, and he was shooting. He was shooting before we went on a went on a little break for that uh, ExpressVPN promo with some of these takes, especially talking about the Magic City trio, the young wings for the Atlanta Hawks and how well they look. In that same breath, we're going to keep the conversation going for a little. As far as for the whole preseason player development, you can bring up the young wings if you want. If not, you can expand outside of that. What have you seen from the Hawks this preseason? It gives you some optimism and some hope for this year. Just like I, I alluded to, just the, the trio and their development overall, their confidence going into the season. So far, it, it looks like Trey Young has been given up better assists you know i've been on here and i said he, he gives up a lot of empty assists just just seeing him give up the ball at, at the right time and not late in in the shot clock he seems like he's trusting his, his team more i'm not too worried about his shot being streaky right now you know he averaged like 30 points last year so i i, I don't see you know negative fall off in in that at all um, and Jordan, can I jump? Can I jump in real quick on that point? Because you made yeah. a very valid point. I've talked about those empty assists, and I've given credit where credit is due with you bringing that up. And I've seen that as well in Trey Young. I know that he's had a lot of turnovers early on in the preseason. He's kind of tapered those numbers down the last two preseason games. And I see him actively trying to get people going. And then sometimes it ends up in him trying to force something or turnover. Do you see that's that's something that he cleans up through film uh, or through continued repetition with these players? Rondo will be sitting next to him night in and night out on the bench. And I think uh, Rondo will be next to his locker and stuff. And I think that's exactly where he'll learn. Either it'll be through film through Rondo, through on the court, through just experience, concerned about his turnovers or, or anything. I think that's him trying and, and you know, trying to see what, what he's, where he missed his assist last year and just better setting up his teammates for this season. Um, so I think, I think, like I said, it's, it'll be a good 10 to 15 game learning curve for the Hawks. And I think after that, uh, I think they'll start moving into that well-oiled machine 
and I think his his turnovers will drop. I think his scoring obviously will drop, but it'll be for the the better. Um, but I think his buckets will also come a lot easier because of the team that he has set up around him. Um, I'm very interested to see how the, the rookie looks with Trey on the court, too, because I think they're going to do really well with a lot of dribble handoffs and a lot of pin downs for Trey, get, getting him off the ball and setting him up for a lot of easy buckets. I mean, him uh, Collins does the same thing, but I'm excited to see how, how they're going to bring him in. But I think it's just all uphill for the Hawks this season. I, I think Lloyd Pierce is definitely in a good position to keep his job and get this extension going forward because this is his third year. I think he's done great with the development. I think Mr. Travis Slank has put the right pieces around him. So I think this is just a this is going to be a good positive year for the Hawks and the Hawks fans and the, the city of Atlanta. Yeah, and I wanted to jump in on a couple of points uh, you made. You talked about the Rondo effect as far as him being in the film room, being next to Trey Young on the bench, being in the locker room, helping Trey make you know the right decisions on the court and leading to winning basketball, which is a narrative I know Trey Young wants to change. The vets on his team now, Rondo, who played a little bit, but you know just him just being in that locker room. Solomon Hill, who has looked good this uh, preseason with these young Hawks shooting the ball, just being a veteran presence on his team. They go to him for knowledge. He's very upbeat. He works hard in practice. He works hard on the defensive end. Having Gallo, having Bogey, who may not be a vet as far as in the NBA, but pl- being experienced, playing ball overseas. I think in the situations where the Hawks were last night, to be blown out two nights before, to have it look bleak in this game last night, but to have these presence on the on the roster playing, playing considerable minutes, making a positive impact and helping them weather these storms and ultimately let them to come back and win. These players being on the roster this year is really going to be an impact as far as those tough moments like that. And I think we saw a glimpse into that last night. What can you say to that as far as just having those vets be kind of stabilizers in tough situations? I think last night was a prime example of what, what the vets can do. Like you said, the night before or the, the, the previous game, they got blown out. I think the vets, you know, they have that ability to go out there and show them how to cut back into that lead, you know, stop by stop or play by play. Like it's not all going to happen in one place. You got to lock down a, a couple series, you know, just focus on the, on the small things. I think that's what the vets will open up the eyes of the young core that will help them see and just be a little bit more balanced. Like when you start to lose, you know, don't beat yourself up because there's still a lot of time left in the game. Recognizing that and then understanding how to use the clock to their advantage, how to draw fouls, how to slow the game down. All that stuff, I think, you know, Rondo and Gallo and Solomon Hill can definitely help educate and just spread that knowledge to them to, you know, to give them confidence. So, you know, when, when they get checked out the game and the other team goes on a 12 or a run like that, that's not the end of the game. You know, like you can still come back and this is how you overcome it and this is how you stay positive. And if you go on a three game losing streak, how to not make it into a five game losing streak, just keep your spirits up. So I think that'll definitely I think that's why they brought, you know, vets in that can still go out and put numbers up. So they could lead by example as well as leading in the locker room and in the, in the film room and in the weight room and all that. Yeah, I think that's a very valid point. I think the Hawks fans should be excited by that, even though they may some of them like a Solomon Hill or a Tony Snell may not be you know household names. 
those are vets who have played meaningful games and you spoke right to it that can help slow the game down before because obviously experience helps slow the game down as far as for young players the more they play it the more they start picking up things seeing things and the game becomes slower for them but vets can really help in that development too and i think we saw that last night and another thing that you mentioned is the fact that you know we're so we have so many interchangeable lineups we can play small ball we can play big Valentunas was a problem for us, and I'm not going to overlook that because size, it looks like we'll give the Hawks some problems, especially with a Gallo, a not as athletic Clint Capella on, on Yako Kongu is a rookie, obviously, and Bruno Fernando is entering his second year. So I think size will be a problem going forward for the Hawks in certain matchups, and they're, it's going to have to be how they adjust to that. But in that same breath, overlooked it may not be talked about in a lot of publications i've liked what i've seen from bruno fernando early on in this preseason he looks more comfortable himself he's been out there competing going out getting boards he's like he's trying to work on expanding his offensive game maybe not shooting threes but just trying to be confident on the offensive end play better on the defensive end as well he doesn't look lost out there defensively and he's been competing and i think that's the clint capella effect and i think that he's going to be big down the stretch as well the more confidence that he garners the more minutes that he does play because he played 18 minutes last night since capella only could play 15 fernando played 18 minutes last night and he looked all in my opinion he was very positive when he was on the court is clint capella healthy though he has an ailing Achilles issue, which he's been dealing with for the last week. It's been sore. So I think that's why he looked a little slower, in my yeah. opinion, last night. And that's something that they're going to have to monitor. And Bruno Fernando's going to really have to step up. And you, we don't get Oyeka and Kongu until at least at the minimum December 28th when they reevaluate him. And they still have to see if he's going to be fit to play there. So the front court may be a little bit of an issue going forward for the Hawks, but they just have to continue to get healthy. And I think that the development of Bruno Fernando as we go through the season is really going to be key if injuries are going to be an issue just to continue to just have have him get experience and get comfortable on both ends of the court with this Hawks team. I think Capella not being healthy is definitely going to hurt us. Uh, But Valanchunas, he's definitely a skilled big. I think I think he gives most teams a problem night in and night out. But I, I do like how Fernando has developed and uh, his energy that he, he's brought out there during this preseason. He gives me confidence in the event that Capella has to sit out a couple games. Like, yeah, he, he's, he's a second-year player, but, you know, like we just said, experience will, will definitely help him grow with the more minutes he gets playing at that center position. I like his fit in the Hawks' offense a little bit better than Capella, but I do like Capella's defense. But I think once he gets healthier and he's not as hobbled, I don't think we'll get as as beat up in the paint as as we did. And I think uh, we'll have a lot more rim protection once he gets a little bit more mobile. But it's going to take him a few games to get back used to playing five on five because I, I don't think Capella's played for almost like a year, right? Like cause when he came to Atlanta, he was hurt, so he didn't yeah. play. At all. Yeah, he hadn't, play, he hadn't played basically since January. Yeah, it's almost yeah, been a full year. So uh, I'm not too too concerned about it. I believe that the Hawks front court will be fine once Capella gets healthy. And if not, I'm, I'm confident that Fernando can, can definitely hold us down for the time being. We talked about some of the young guys, some of the vets. We talked about Trey Young. We talked about uh, the last person I want to talk about going into, obviously, when the Hawks' first regular season game is in Chicago on Wednesday, John Collins. 
What is your thoughts on John Collins right now? I think that he's still trying to figure out his spacing on the court when Capella is on the court right now. Uh, we know he can shoot the three. We know that he can score. But one of the things that I've been really harping on as far as for John Collins is continue to learn how to play defense without fouling. He's been getting into foul trouble quite a bit this preseason. I know it's early as he gets in a rhythm, he's going to get better on a defensive end, but I really want to see him really take a step defensive end, defend without fouling. And I think that his offensive game will come once, you know, he continues to build continuity with these new pieces on the court and continue to finding out where he's going to be effective in this roster and with the rotations. It's difficult for him to try to figure out his fit on the court with Capella or traditional big. But I think, like I said, with time, they'll get more comfortable with it. But I think just from what he did last year and how he's looking in comparison offensively, I, I think he looks great. His three-point shot has improved mechanically and just his, his motions into it. Defensively, yes, he is a liability and he has to improve on that. I haven't seen much improvement in this preseason so far. But I don't think that they would allow him, you know, to not develop defensively and, and keep him on the court that much. So I'm, I'm hoping, you know, th- these defensive lapses that we've seen in preseason are just rust and him not being on, on the court because um, we definitely are going to need him on th- to improve defensively and his his offensive rebounding game as as well. But I, he looked good, you know, just from the the little bit I've seen from him and how he is moving offensively. He, he looks mm-hmm. healthy. He, he looks ready. His, his shot looks good. I don't know if I'd be concerned right now about his defense. I, I, I have to see more of a sample size before I could really speak on that. And I know the last thing I want to say before we I will maybe give a slight preview into Chicago, not too deep. But uh, last night I want to mention again, even when Trey shot was struggling, we talked about him trying to get other people involved and, you know, eliminating those empty assists. I like seeing that. But I want to again, I like seeing Trey give more effort on a defensive end last night with the four steals, trying to jump into passing lanes. Sometimes, you know, like Cam Reddish does, like DeAndre Hunter does, giving effort on a defensive end helps spark you on the offensive end. And I saw a little glimpses of that from Trey Young. So that's something that I want to see hopefully can improve throughout the season once they get more depth in the backcourt when they get Chris Dunn back, when Rondo is healthy, and he has the energy to expend on the defensive end that turns into offense and he can continue to do what Trey Young does. I agree. Real quick before we end the program, I wanted to – it's no secret, as I mentioned several times, we played the Chicago Bulls first game. Kobe White has looked good for them. They have a new coach, obviously, and Billy Donovan, who has been to the playoffs and has had success in his coaching career. And he has a young team certainly there. I mentioned Kobe White already. Zach Levine has been looking great in preseason. Uh, Lloyd Marketing struggled, but then he had a big offensive output the other night. Uh, Wendell Carter is trying to figure it out on that team. Patrick Williams has looked good for them. So, so going into this matchup against the Chicago Bulls, who I say that are one of the teams that we got to beat this year. We got to beat them. We went over last year against them, and it's time to right the ship. And this is the beginning of our respect tour that I've been talking about famously for the Atlanta Hawks, that it's time to earn the respect of the league. The fact that people people are trying to text you know, text and say, whoa, what's wrong with the Hawks? They're down by 19 to the Grizzlies in the preseason, blah, blah, blah. People are already looking for them to fail. Cause, and that's just historically from what they've seen from the Hawks. They're already looking for them to, you know, underwhelm. And and, and it's time to, you know, right the ship starting on uh, on Wednesday against the Bulls. So what have you seen from the Bulls and what do the Hawks need to do to 
start off with a dub and really, you know, stick it where the sun don't shine against the Bulls. Sorry, Greg. You know, I got to talk bad about your Bulls just because, you know, it's that week. It's that time. But, Jordan, I'm going to kick it to you there um, to get your take. I think the Bulls look really good. I definitely like how Kobe White has came out. He, he's definitely looking like that lead guard. He's looking confident. He's, he's looking like he's ready to, to lead this team. Zach Levine, he's just a bucket. He, he always looks good to me. I do like this matchup. The the Bulls are definitely a good measuring stick to see how we compare, I guess, because we're, we're both young teams. We're both trying to turn our franchise around and get back into the, the, the playoffs. So it, it is the first game of the season, but I think it's a lot bigger for the Hawks and, and the Bulls, too, uh, for both teams just to come out and start this season right. I'm looking forward to it. I think it's going to be a really good matchup. But like I said, I think the Hawks, they just have too much offensively. And I think it'll be overwhelming for the Bulls to be able to keep up with us just scoring or just having enough bodies to stop our offense. I'm not too familiar with the Bulls roster right now, uh, so I don't really know who they have. But uh, just if they have this similar lineups from last year, I think our offense is just a little bit too too high powered for them. And I hope that the Hawks can come out and prove that and just show the league what is to come in the next couple of months. I feel like the Hawks can have at least, you know, four 20-point scores or, you know, six 15-point-plus scores. I'm hoping the start of the season we can prove that once all of our guys get healthy and our chemistry, we all get on the same page. I think the Hawks definitely be overwhelming for most teams, night in and night out offensively at least. I'm really excited for that game. I'll talk a little bit more about it closer to the matchup. Uh, I will be doing a crossover with Greg from Hootball Bulls to preview that game. I'll give my thoughts a little bit more there, but I wanted to get your takes there, Jordan, before I let you go. And I want to thank you again, Jordan, a.k.a. Mr. ATL Player Development, Swish for Athletics, for coming on the show today. Jordan, tell them where they can get in contact with you if they are interested in your services and developing their game as you really dissected the Hawks players and what they did to get better this offseason and what they need to continue to do to get better. Uh, once again, I appreciate you having me. I'm doing this podcast. I always have, have a good time with it. You guys can, I'm still taking my hiatus from social media for the next few weeks uh, just to complete this holiday season, uh, but I'm still available for workouts. You can reach me at my email at boatwright.jordan at hotmail. It's an old school email. Everybody makes fun of me for it. Um, and I, and I'm, still, I'm, I'm still accessible on LinkedIn. It's my name, Jordan Boatwright, or you can uh, type in Swissful Athletics. I'm still in the city of, and I'm still having workouts. So reach out if you're trying to get better. All right. Thank you again for coming on, Jordan. You heard the man. If you're trying to get better, you're trying to take your skills to the next level, hopefully play in the league or overseas like some of his clients have been or are doing currently, you know, hit them up, hit them up, get right. And if you love what you heard today, give us five stars, give us a good review, share it. Tell a friend to tell a friend to tell a friend to tell a family member to tell a friend to tell a friend about the hottest new podcast covering the Atlanta Hawks. And that's no smoke. Numbers don't lie. Share with fellow Hawks fans and basketball enthusiasts across the globe. Follow us at HoopBallHawks on Twitter. That is at HoopBallHawks. Follow myself, Brad Jarrett 67 That is Brad, J-A-R-R-E-T-T-6-7 on Twitter. And as always...
spin your passion into a business with Shopify and break sales records with the world's best converting checkout. Let's hear that one more time. The world's best converting checkout. Shopify's legendary checkout makes it easier for customers to shop on your website, across social media, and everywhere in between. Now that's music to your ears. Any way you spin it, you can be a smash hit with Shopify. Start your dollar a month trial today at shopify.com slash records. 